Well, Randy, first things first, you get to this time of the year, and it's I, I know a lot of you talking to the coaches, they, they don't want to say it's old habit because it takes a lot of effort and work and time every year to get to this point of the year. But what makes postseason football different from regular season before we get to the matchup with Nichols and talk about some of the guys that have performed? Well, what is just different in the month of December that maybe you don't get in August and September, Randy? Well, I think the, the biggest thing is you have a sense of urgency that you have. This game is the most important game, obviously, because you got to win this game to advance. And I think that's the biggest thing. And, and our guys have experienced that the last few years. And we're very fortunate that way to have some experienced guys uh, going through it. But I think the sense of urgency that's needed. And, and I think practice is always a little bit more up-tempo up because of that urgency. And I think that's always the fun part about it. And I know having the off week has really been a big plus uh, for us. And getting some guys back uh, that didn't practice last week, some rest, and now they'll be ready to play this weekend. So that's the biggest thing I see. And you're going up against Nichols, a new opponent, you know, that you haven't seen in over a decade here mm-hmm. between North Dakota State. What is it about when you saw their first-round game against UND? Sully Lesh on the inside. They got some corners that like to, you know, get up and, and play some man defense. What stood out to you when you're looking at this uh, Colonel's defense? Well, I think their defense is athletic. Um, you know, especially the second and third level guys are, are very athletic. Um, Sully at 50, number 55, and I, I really don't know names as much as I know numbers and, and all, uh, but uh, number 55 is a very good player up front. Um, but I think their secondary and their second level linebackers are very athletic, and we're going to have to be able to get off, you know, man coverage because they're going to be uh, up in our face as receivers go. But those are the those are the things I see uh, with the Nichols defense that stands out. So we'll have our hands full with them. And as you went way back to August, to where you're at now, on, you know, first couple of days of December, how have you seen this offense grow with again a new quarterback? I know it's been well documented. You know, new OC, obviously mm-hmm. yourself, uh, new offensive line coach. A lot of new was brought up this year. How have you seen this offense evolve? Well, I think the biggest thing is the maturity level, especially at receiver. Um, And when you look at Christian Watson and Phoenix Broles, and they're still young guys, and they're second and third years with us. And and, um, I think they're just gotten better as we've progressed. And obviously, Trey Lance has gotten better as we've progressed through the season. Every game, he seems to be playing his best football. And I think the last couple games, he's, he's played extremely well. Um, and I think, you know, Kobe Johnson has added an extra dimension to us offensively with his speed and his athleticism out of the backfield. So that's uh, kind of augments what, you know, what, uh, you know, Adam Cofield does for us and Ty Brooks and, and even Sabian Clark. And then when we get Demetri Williams back, I think that'll even add a little bit more to it. Um, and, and I think our offensive line has matured as we've progressed through because we've had, you know, three new starters up there also. And, uh, you know, and then Zach Johnson playing a new position at, uh, from tackle to guard. You know, I think that's been something that's gotten better and better for him also, his comfort level. And you mentioned the offensive line. We got, uh, you guys got eight guys on the first team all conference, three on the second team. Is that something that gets brought up much in this program? Or is that like, hey, congratulations, now it's time to move on to, to Nichols? Because it seems like this program for so long ran. Andy has worried about the one and all each week and trying to win conference and national championships. Yeah, I don't think we talk a lot about that. You know, I mean, we congratulate our guys for getting the awards and all, but, uh, you know, they understand. You know, this is kind of interesting. You know, I, I don't think, you know, Trey Lance doesn't have outstanding numbers as far as, you know, he's, he hasn't thrown a pick. You know, I know that. That's an outstanding number, but, you know, uh, 
Uh, completion percentage is good, but he doesn't have big numbers from a yardage standpoint and all that, but he contributes to wins, and that's the biggest thing. Just like Easton Stick and, and Carson Wentz and Brock Jensen before them, you know, I mean, those are things that are important. Winning quarterbacks go a long way. And it has to help when you have a well-balanced running attack, too, with Lance, with Cofield, with Ty Brooks. I mean, I think I was looking down, you got Lance and Brooks over 700 yards each tie at 800. Kobe Johnson and Adam Cofield over 600. That's before we get to anybody else. What does that do for an offense when you can give it to three, four, five different guys in the backfield, Randy? Yeah, I think it's kind of unusual this year. You know, in the past, we've had, you know, one or two guys that have stood out from the running back standpoint with a lot of yards. This year, it's been a kind of a, a mixture of a lot of different guys in there, and, and then Trey also having a lot of yards from the running uh, running game. But I think it really adds to it. You know, they can't zero in on one particular guy, and we bring guys in, and Coach Larson's done a great job, you know, getting guys, mixing guys in in different schemes and different sets and, and all that. But uh, I think the biggest thing is that we've been able to keep some of our key guys healthy in those areas, and especially our offensive line. Um, and our offensive line is the key. You know, you win you – win, you know, football games with offense and defensive lines. And I think that's been the strength of the Bison for the years I've been here anyway. That's been our strength, both offense and defensive lines. Randy Hedberg with us. And that was the next question with Zach Johnson, Dylan Radins, Cordell Vos, and earning all-conference team. But how have you seen that? Because a lot of people talked, okay, Zach stacks the glue because he's a senior. He's been here so long. We, we know that uh, the Bison will rely on him. But it seems like it's not just Zach this year. Everyone else has contributed in some fashion. Well, you know, the, the two that get overlooked, you mentioned those three with all conference, but Carson Schooning's kind of the glue. If you were to ask anybody on our coaching staff offensively, we'd say Carson Schooning kind of, you know, controls the offensive line because he sets the, the, the IDs for our running game and passing game and, and all that. So pre- pass protection game, I should say. So Carson Schooning's really good. And the guy that's really gotten better and better is Nash Jensen. And Nash, a first-year uh, starter, and, and it's gotten really – uh, good play from him at left guard, and I think he pulls really well on our power play, and, and we've we've run the power pretty good this year, and I think that's a big part of it is what he does. Last thing for you here, Randy, we've talked about every group, maybe not so much the tight end so far, and you got Ben Ellison, Babbage, Gindorf in there. Mm-hmm. What have they been able to do, or what did they allow the offense to do that maybe we don't see on a day-in and day-out basis? Well, I think our tight ends and our fullbacks have the toughest job on our offensive team uh, because they have so many pictures they see on the defense from the defensive line uh, you know at their positions that changes you know by any type of movement we make uh, whether it's motion or whatever they get movements so they they have a tough job and they do a really good job with it coach roll does a good job coaching them and teaching them you know ben has been an outstanding player you know since he got here uh, as a fifth year guy he finally got some accolades as an all-conference player um, but then we got Josh Babich and, and Noah Gindorf that have done a nice job. And then you factor in Hunter Lupke, who I think has got a great career ahead of him as a, as a second-year freshman. And then Garrett Malstrom kind of gets lost in the shuffle a little bit, but he's very important to what we do in the run game. Coach Edberg, thanks so much for your time. Best of luck against Nichols. Thank you very much. Jason, before we get to the relationships that you formed over this past decade and talk about building a program from scratch, I guess first and foremost, uh, Jason, why was it the right time to kind of say, you know what, a step away, maybe worry more about work, worry more about the family. Were those kind of the things that you were uh, going to be stepping away from the game, which you love and, and, the, and the program that you helped build? But was that uh, part of the reason why you're stepping away right now, Jason? Yeah, it definitely is. You know, it's, um, you know, I have some other passions I'd like to pursue in the fall, you know, and, you know, hunting being 
something I'd like to do, something my son and my daughter and my other son have interests in, and you know, and those are great memories with my dad in the in the past, and I'd like to go do those things with my kids, and you know, it's. I don't think people realize how much time and effort and energy it takes to be a head coach of a, a high school program and how much, you know, effort you put in, even on the weekends. And, you know, I just found myself saying I was going to make time to do those things, and I just never did. And I just, you know, it got to the point where, you know, if I don't step away now, it could be 20 years, and I look back and have regrets about that, and I just don't want to have that. And so for me, it's, you know, it's a time to, to kind of do that and, you know, and, you know, never ruling out anything in the future as far as getting back into the game at some point, you know, that could possibly happen. And we'll just have to see and play it by ear. But, yeah, I'm definitely excited to start kind of a new chapter in my life. And you kind of made mention of something where there, there's a lot of time and effort that goes with it, but I know there's like an itch. Once you get into coaching, you always kind of want to be a part of a program or be part of someone, and it's, and it's good for you because, as you mentioned, three kids, they might kind of be able to get coached up, uh, so to speak, a little bit more. But uh, talk just about coaching and what got you into it, number one, and how different do you think it's going to become – seven, eight, nine months from now when you're not at fall camp or you're not at a Friday night light game, uh, Jason? Early age, I kind of, you know, I grew up, my dad was a coach and, um, you know, I just, I really enjoyed teaching and teaching people things and got a, got a kick out of that. And so it's always been a draw for me. You know, I kind of did some different things in college thinking I wanted to make more money. And it was just always in my heart that I wanted to teach and coach and, so I, you know, just finally said, nope, this is what's going to make me happy. So went that route and, uh, you know, started out, got lucky to get a great job at Fargo South to start my career, um, coach the sophomore team, you know, got in a couple of years and then got to coach Coach Feeney, which was a great experience. You know, he's a couple of years older than me and we kind of, you know, I learned a ton from him and, you know, hopefully he learned a couple tricks from me too, but you know, we I know we learned a lot together as a staff through those times and had a ton of success. And then the Davies job opened up and thought it was just a really exciting opportunity, you know, a chance to start a program from scratch and, and build it based upon my beliefs. And, you know, there wasn't anything, you know, you're not coming into another thing where there's traditions and different things. You get to set those all those things, and that was really cool. And, um, yeah, we started, and we started out, it was rough, and we had a lot of learning and football to learn and getting better. And, you know, but I think, you know, we've improved it to where it's uh, a pretty competitive football team year in, year out. Um, you know, and we're pretty much, you know, for the most part, you know, in the playoffs and having a chance, you know, every year. And, you know, and had a lot of great kids come through and had a lot of fun with it. So, um, what was the second part of the question? Yeah, I, I was just going to say, it's got to kind of feel like maybe for your kids now that you, obviously you get more of the dad, but I'm sure you're still going to be coaching them as much as being a dad now, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I got a, a seventh grade boy who's um, he's a talented kid. He's going to be a good player for Davies down the road, and I'm excited to watch him. But, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, one thing that definitely crossed my mind is, you know, frees up more time for me to to go to his games and do some of those things too. You know, and it was it's tough. I miss. I you know, I think I caught the end half of two of his his games and maybe one full game in the dome. You know, while I was coaching, and you know, I, was, I wasn't getting to see him play either. And you know, it's a it's a busy it's a busy time of year. And you know, it's a when I got three little kids to chase around and 
they get they're super busy doing different things, whether it's robotics or Boy Scouts or you know. So I mean that that weighed into my decision too, is to be able to be there and see those things too. And um, you know, I, definitely next fall it's going to be. Yeah, I think that was the second part of your question. De- definitely next fall it's going to be. You know, it's going to be. A, there's going to be a kind of a pit in my stomach, a pain in my heart. I'm guessing that I'm not there. You know, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I just told the kids, you know, I'm going to be their biggest supporter and their biggest fan, and I'm still a part of Davies football. I'm still a part of the family. I'm just taking on a different role, you know, and the next coach that they get, you know, it, it, Davies is a great job. They're going to have a ton of great applicants, i got to imagine, and a ton of smart guys, and, you know, and so, you know, there's a little bit of, you know, fear out of those kids right now, like how's this going to go, but, I, you know, they just, we just talked about just keep working hard and moving forward, and it's all going to work out well, and, so, yeah. Jason Thiel just with us, and you could definitely tell uh, the family part is a big aspect in this. And, and Jason, when you are a head coach, I don't, and it doesn't matter, I think, if you're a seventh-grade varsity college or professional, anytime you're, you're stepping away from a group of, of kids, it, it can be tough because they kind of become your second family a lot of times. And what was that like when you're kind of describing it a little bit there at the end? Just what was it like telling those kids that were coming back that were going to be seniors next year or, or juniors, upperclassmen, that, hey, you know what? I'm still going to be around. I'm still going to be in town. I'm, I'm still doing everything. It's just I'm not going to be the guy that's saying we're going for it on fourth and one or, hey, we got to run another gasser because you guys aren't listening to me today. So uh, what was that yeah. What what was that conversation like, Jason? You know, it was really hard. I mean, and, and this wasn't a decision. I just kind of woke up one day and said, nope, I'm done. You know, I just – it was. it's a constant kind of self-reflection and and thinking about, you know, your life and – you know, what you want to do with it and how you want to make it count. And that's the hardest part is there's there's always kids that are really, really special to you, you know. And like, like you exactly just said, you know, outside of my own kids, there's no kids that I care about more than these kids. And I truly feel like our kids at Davies, these are some of the best kids in the school and in the city. I mean, they're just hardworking, good kids, good people. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was hard. I mean... But then, you know, I kind of, you kind of think, well, if I have that mentality, how do you ever quit? Because you're always going to have good kids and good special kids that mean a lot to you. You know, it's that's the toughest part is, is, is having to step away from that and, you know, having to leave a Reed Hartness, who's a junior, my junior quarterback, who's just a stud and I love the kid. And, you know, it, it's hard, you know, because it's like, oh, do I go one more year for Reed? And then it's like, well, then I got to go one more year, you know, and then it's, that's kind of what you you're battling in your brain, I guess, a little bit on making the decision to to step away from it. But um, that's tough, you know. And you you know you build a lot of relationships, and you hopefully you touch a lot of kids. And I think we've done a good job of of creating a good culture where you know the, our purpose was to help kids become adults and better men and be future community leaders and leaders in our country and. You know, and that was always our purpose, and I always felt like every year we accomplished that purpose. And, you know, we always set high goals to win state titles and conference championships, and you don't always meet your goals, but you always want to hit your purpose, and that's kind of been the foundation of our program from day one. And you mentioned about, you know, some of those championships, and you got to win one in, in 2014 up at the Alaris Center against Minot. You look at it, uh, you started a program in 2009, 
the varsity program then officially uh, kind of came around it in 2010. And then all of a sudden, you know, five, six years later, boom, you're at the pinnacle of North Dakota high school football in class 3A. So going back on it and reflecting on it a little bit now, Jason, if, if someone would have told you when you kind of were named the head coach in 2009 that five, five years later that you would win a state football championship, what do you said? I, I would have taken it in a heartbeat. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, and you just never know. I could coach another 20 years and we might not win another one. You just never know. It's it's got to come together. You got to have talent, you got to have some luck. You've got to I mean, there's a lot of different things that go into that. And that was just definitely a special group of kids that were great competitors, especially on game day. And uh you know, we had uh we had all the we had all the, you know, we had all the pieces that you need to be a state championship team. You know, we had a um, a great defense, you know, great big guys, great skill guys. There was no no holes, and, and there was a team that cared about each other and really competed at a high level. And as a team, I mean, just a team team that believed in each other even. You know, we were going against some teams that no one thought we had a chance with James Johansson and Ty Brooks, and maybe no one else in Fargo believed except us, but we were confident we could do it, and you need that to do that, you know, and just that was a great season, but I've had a lot of great seasons and had a lot of great kids even when we didn't win a state championship. And now we kind of look back and reflect on even five more years on top of that in 2019, and I I know you took 2016, uh, Jason, off with just some health concerns and and some stuff, but then you came back the last three years and back in the uh, playoffs again this year. When you look back now, from like a decade worth of football at Fargo Davies, is this kind of where you wanted to lead this program whenever you were going to say, okay, I'm at least going to hang up the whistle and and my hat for a couple of years before I maybe worry about something else down the line potentially? Yeah, I, I you just kind of, you know, it's hard to say that, you know, when I first took the job, I was like, I'm going for 30 years, you know. <laughs> I was so excited and happy and, and just, you know, really – but you know, you things change, and you're uh, you're a parent, and you're you have a family, and you know those things change year by year, and you know you you just kind of think you got to take it year by year and do what's best for you and what's best for your family first, obviously. But uh, yeah, you just I I, I guess it, that's a you know I never really knew how that was going to unfold, and I honestly really never thought about it very much until maybe this year, you know, when some things kind of you know, you know, kind of just woke me up to, you know, like, Hey, my kids are going to be not always be here. And, you know, and there's things that my son wants to do and I'm having to say no all the time. And, you know, and that, that was the biggest, the biggest thing for me that made, got me to start kind of reflecting on it, I guess. And thinking about, you know, you know, when you, when you look back, when you're 70, what regrets do you want to have? And, I didn't want to have those regrets, I guess, you know, and so that was a big part of it for me. Last thing for you, Jason, uh, what was one thing that you're going to take with you moving forward, whether it was the the, the kids, whether it was the administration or or the parents, what's just one thing, you know, a year or two from now when when there is those Friday night lights and you are in the stands watching as a fan instead of a coach, what are going to be some memories that that you're just always going to take away? There's so many, and there's so many good kids, and there's so many that people don't even see, you know, um, I have a, you know, I have a feeling people would say, well, the highlight was that 2014 championship, and that was awesome. But there's so many highlights of things that are just the little fun things. I mean, one of my favorite things this year was David Arap, who was a junior for us, got into a game, a varsity game, and made a tackle, and the sea is 
the smile on his face. And that was really rewarding. You know, you have you have things like that that are just those little nuggets that only you know about that are always make you smile inside and and so yeah, I mean there's gonna be that and I can't wait to watch those guys play next year too. It's gonna be hard for me, but I'm definitely gonna be uh excited to see them guys be successful and and watch what they can do. So and I know the character of our kids and and moving forward and, and our administration cares about the program, they're gonna find, you know, good coaches. So I'm not worried about it, you know, as far as that goes. So just excited for those guys and and I'm excited to, to do some new things, you know. Like I've always had the goal to go elk hunting and maybe go try to get a moose or an antelope and you know, that was just never gonna happen if I did this till I was sixty, you know, and so that was a part of it, too, for me, I guess. And you can just hear, again, some of the other things outside of football that uh, uh, Coach Theologis, uh, still I'm, I'm still going calling you Coach Theologis even until right now because that's how I've known you, Jason. And uh, yep. th- thank you so much, as always, throughout the years. Anytime I've given you an email or a phone call, you've always returned it with stats or an interview like this or, or a conversation even at the stadium. So, uh, Jason, thank you very much for your time. Uh, best of luck and have fun enjoying uh, time with your family. Best of luck trying to catch that elk or that moose down the line and, and I'm sure and I'm sure we'll see you at a at a football game sometime uh, in the next couple of seasons okay uh definitely and thank you very much for covering us and for making the kids feel special I mean that's the community here just does a great job with the you know making the kids feel like you know what they're doing is special and important and uh that's been great so thank you so much for your coverage too Final segment on our Wings and Rings Coaches Show here on this Wednesday night on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. A reminder, every Monday, kids eat free per an adult purchase. So come on out, start your week at Wings and Rings, the Better Buffalo on 32nd Avenue East in West Fargo. Kids eat free with a per adult purchase on Mondays. Plus, there's $5 cheeseburgers, so you can't go wrong on that one. With us is West Fargo Cheyenne and basketball coach. That's Tom Kirchhoffner. And Tom, before we talk about some hoops, this is a Wings and Rings play, so I'm going to ask you this are you more of a you know spicy hot zesty wings guy do you like more of the buffalo you know a little mild flavor boneless bone in what what do you kind of like if if you got six wings to choose from i would have to go with the uh, the boneless and i'll have to go with uh keep it mild maybe <laughs> honey barbecue uh, sweet barbecue uh nothing too crazy nothing too crazy do you like this uh celery and carrots on the side for for a nice little side or do you just go fries just go with the fries. Just go with fries. Fries in the ranch. Right, yep. There you go. Nice and simple it is for that one. And you look at your team, uh, Tom, going into 2019 and 2020. We were just talking off the air. I said, geez, uh, you know, Christian Kuntz leaves. They got a couple other seniors that were a vital part of their team last year that, you know, helped get to state a couple seasons in a row and, you know, get to a state title game against Bismarck Century. And I, I was thinking, wow, Cheyenne's going to lose like five, six guys. And all of a sudden I looked down, I'm going, all right, Zion Detman, a three-pointer waiting to the happen you know he's he's coming there you got blake berg back you got uh on top of that you got a tear hark you got a du bois i mean there's just pieces here for for your team do you feel like you got the depth that you've had in, in previous years once you kind of start unfolding this one game at a time as the season moves on yeah it's a it's extremely exciting uh looking at what we have um we only had three seniors last year and so you, you go with Zion Detman, three-point specialist. Uh, he set a school record with nine three-pointers in a game. You got Tyler Terrark. He's been with the varsity for three years. 
um, outstanding football season. You got Blake Berg. He jumps out of the gym. He was all-conference. Tyler and Blake were all-conference last year. Chuck DeBoy, he's, he started 11 games last year. He played in the rotation uh, with the team that made it to the state title game. Uh, and then you got a, another senior, Mason Erlocker. He, he's a glue guy. He can play guard forward. Uh, then we got Jackson Money. He kind of played for us um, at the end of the season. Uh, he went from 6'4 to 6'9 uh, this past season. Uh, unbelievable. And then we have another guy, uh, Jaheim Leak. Um, he played on our JVC team last year. He's developed extremely well. Uh, he jumps out of the gym. He can jump up to 11 3. Uh, he's 6 8. So we have some size. This will be our biggest team that we've ever had. Um, and so we're going to need that size with. Uh, playing Mandan on Friday, and then also with, with our conference, too. There's a lot of teams that have some size as well. So uh, we're going to need those guys. we got Barika uh, Penu. Uh, he's a guard, had an outstanding season. Uh, and, and for football, he's very explosive, can get to the rim, can shoot it from outside. Uh, we got Ben Manson. He's a, he's a junior mm-hmm. uh, that developed in, in the C and JV, um, three-point specialist. And then we also have another kind of a sleeper, uh, a sophomore, 6'5", um, Michael Nile. Um, really good uh, player, can shoot from outside. He's got the length. He's got the size. So we got nine guys to kind of choose for, uh, choose from. Uh, so it's just a matter of, hey, do we want to play nine on a given night, eight or seven? But we got the depth. It's very important to, to have that depth and just kind of um, build some chemistry throughout the season. And the biggest thing once you go to the EDC, it just seems like a team like Fargo Davies, who's been around now for a, a decade and led by Bart Manson, they just keep getting those 6'5", 6'4", 6'6", type of kids. You look at Grand Forks or River, there's a 6'4", 6'6", Will Obioha, there's an Enerson, a Benson, they got some size. You can go to any team, it seems like there's a couple of kids on the interior, so what does this year now, with some size, but with the guard play that you can have to have that nice balancing game that maybe as, as you said earlier, Tom, going maybe you didn't have a six eight, six seven, six six, you know, kids in, in the past. Yeah, last year we had our biggest guy was uh, Ryan Reynolds at six three, and he had to play you know inside for us, and he did an outstanding job. But now we have Jack Simone six nine, Jaheim Leak six eight. Uh, if we Mike Nile gets on the court, he's six uh, five. We got Chuck DeBoy six uh, three. Our two guards, Terhark six three and a half, Berg six four. So we're gonna need that size, especially when you play. You know, Davies, Red River, West Fargo, and then Devil's Lake's got Grant Nelson, mm-hmm. 6'10". He's going to the Bison. And then uh, I know Shanley's got uh, two guys that are 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, One guy's uh, going to uh, Minot State. So there's a lot of teams that have some size. And, uh, again, we're talking with Tom Kurt Schopner, head basketball coach for West Fargo. Cheyenne, one thing that I noticed on the football field this year was a lot of guys going to North Dakota State, UND, MSUM, Concordia. There were guys moving on to the next level in football, and we're kind of seeing that in basketball. You know, Mason Walters, Mr. Basketball last year, he goes to Jamestown. I thought he was at least a Northern State MSUM kind of player, but hey, kudos to Jamestown to get on the on a hometown kid and keep him home. You look at Scumberg out there, he's going to North Dakota State, a Division One talent. Have you seen the level of basketball in five, ten years here in North Dakota just slowly take a step up, whether it be AAU or guys are just getting in the gym a little bit more? Have you seen the competition of play, so to speak, Tom, whether it seems like every team, there's one or two guys that you kind of go, okay, they're probably going to the next level. We got to really worry about, you know, player A over there before we worry about anyone else. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt, uh, these these uh, players are just uh, extremely athletic, and I, I think uh, I would contribute to them uh, either playing multiple sports or also, uh, you know, sports training, uh, the weight training. Um, some of these kids, like Blake Berg, uh, 
he's been in the weight room. His vertical is a 32-inch vertical, and I, I test all our kids when they try out. I make them uh, bench press, I do a rep max, I make them run the mile, and then I test their jump reach and their vertical. Um, Terhark, he's got a 30-and-a-half-inch vertical. Barika is second on the team at 31. I mean, we got uh, Barika's 5'10", and he can he can put it down. It's, it's unbelievable that how athletic these kids are this day and age. And, and so there's just more opportunities for them to, you know, um, in the off season, maybe they're working with trainer or they're they're lifting weights. You know, that's probably the main thing is just they're they're bigger. And you look at your program, and we mentioned Bart Manson and Fargo Davies just because they were the new kid on the block. Then all of a sudden, West Fargo Cheyenne is the new kid on the block. And now, well, there's going to be another West Fargo High School in a couple of years as a new kid on the block in Horace. But how have you seen your team when you first started with only a freshman, then you kind of went up to sophomore, then you had a bunch of juniors playing a little JV varsity, then you finally had a senior class. Now you've had a couple classes roll through as seniors. How have you seen this kind of slowly build into what it is right now, Tom? You know, when you look back and you you look at um, how the program has transformed a little bit, you know, we our first year we had 13 kids try out for the freshman team. Now we have about 35, 40 try out, and we got to cut, you know, 20 some kids. So, it, West Fargo Horace, it's going to be. Uh, a great opportunity because it's going to allow more kids to to be playing uh, basketball or other sports as well. Um, so we have 90 kids that try out for our basketball program, wow. and we keep about 45. So um, kids love basketball, and these kids that we have, sometimes we have to we have to cut good kids, we have to cut A players because there's so many good kids. And so this is the most we've ever kept this year. We've kept 17 on our varsity and JV. Uh, this is the most size that we have. Um, so the kids, are, they're getting better, and they're getting bigger, they're getting faster. Um, so it's just it's fun to look back just to see how um, our program has um, how it's progressed and um, just to see each level have success, whether it be, you know, the freshman A team, the B team, our C team, our JV team, you know, taking pride in, in all levels and taking pride in the level that you're at and just developing at that level. And, uh, again, the Eastern Dakota Conference comprised of teams from Valley City, Wapiton, Devils Lake, two schools from Grand Forks, then what you have in West Fargo and Fargo as well with Shanley as a private school in the mix. When you look at the EDC this year, uh, who are going to be some of the teams that are the top if i told you tom take your team out and you just had to look at davies or a north or a shanley some of the schools uh whether it's in the metro or outside the metro who are going to be three or four teams off the top of your head that you think preseason before the ball actually gets tipped up in the air that you think are going to be a challenge come february march and could contend for an east edc title well i would have to say um you look at the teams that made it to state last year and what they return and that's west fargo that's red river and davies uh, those three teams all made it to state last year. They all have great size. And then the other team uh, that made it to state last year, Wapiton, they got they got a, a, a experienced bunch. And then the other team, I would say Devils Lake, because Grant N Nelson, he's 6'10", he, he's an X-factor. We got upset uh, against them last year. Uh, they were a six seed. Um, and he's just a rim protector, so he, he disrupts some things. So uh, you gotta you got to shoot lights out against uh, Devil's Lake because you ain't going to get anything on the rim. Um, so it would be nice uh, this year now that we have the 6'8 and 6'9 guy to kind of match up against him. But, you know, West Fargo, Red River, and Davies, I would say, are the top three teams. And there's one thing that, you know, talking with either Ross Richards, the athletic director at Cheyenne, or, or Jay DeCan at uh, West Fargo High School, I remember when Cheyenne and West Fargo played each other with a girls and boys basketball doubleheader, and it was on the same 
same night. Well, the gym got so dang full, they had to go, hey, we can't have it where the gym's full at the JV game of the girls or, or, or the boys. So they separated now on two different nights. How have you seen that rivalry? I know when I was talking to Coach Newton for a Cheyenne football, he said it's not a rival till we beat West Fargo. Well, they beat West Fargo, then they beat him in the playoffs. So, Jeremy, if you're listening, it's a rival now, I'm going to say. But for you guys on the court, Tom, how have you seen that kind of rivalry grow between the Packers and the Mustangs? You know, it's a great thing. Uh, you know, the coaches look forward to it. The, the kids look forward to it. Um, it's a great thing for um, – you know, the community of West Fargo. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Horace. Um, you know, I, I graduated from Century High School, and every time we played Bismarck High, we had to play at the Civic Center because um, we couldn't fit enough people at Century or Bismarck High. So the fact that they had to split the boys and girls, and I know um, this happened two years ago where the fire marshals were there, and they weren't <laughs> let run our, my AD, Mr. Richards, wasn't too happy because he had to tell people they couldn't get into the game. And I think that happened against, uh, it happened in a football game yep. this past uh, year. I think it was Minot or West Fargo. Mm-hmm. It was just, we were at capacity. So it's a good thing. Uh, to have in this community that people love athletics. They want to go and support their team, whether it be the Mustangs or whether the Packers. So it's a good thing. It, it's a game that, you know, we circle on uh, on our calendar for sure. And um, and I, I know our boys do too, and uh, and I know the opponent does as well. Tom Kirchhoffner, head basketball coach for West Fargo, Cheyenne, the Mustangs. They open up the year this weekend against Mandan. A couple more minutes left with Tom. And when you look at this version of this Mustang team, what are a couple of things early on in the year? Because as we mentioned, you get one non-conference game with Mandan, then boom, you're at it with Red River, Central Valley City, all conference games that will determine what your seed will be once you kind of get to the month of March for that EDC tournament. Then hopefully, as you guys have been able to get to state, the first couple of games, what are you looking as a coach to see whether it's the depth with playing seven, eight, nine guys or just the starting five that you have on the floor, Tom? You know, I'm just looking at to see what type of chemistry that we have um, right out of the gate. Um, you know, we're playing two teams that made it to state last year, two teams that have some size. We're playing two teams on the road. Uh, so just to see how we uh, do in those elements, you know, uh, playing in Mandan, playing up at Red River, those are those are tough gyms to play at. And um, I'm looking forward to our size and our athleticism. Uh, we got a we got a great group of kids. Um, they're, they're fun. Uh, practice has been fun. So we're just trying to keep it fun, and we want to play up-tempo. Uh, we focus more on this year on uh, we kind of cranked up the intensity uh, with our defense and then focus more on free throws because uh, last year free throws were kind of our Achilles heel a little bit. So we wanted to make sure we address that right away and let the kids know, hey, if you want to get to state, you got to make your free throws and you got to play tough defense down the stretch. Last thing for you, and this one kind of more a little bit on and off the court with, with your dad, you know, being there as well for, for you as, as part of the coaching staff for the last couple of years. How fun is that to still bounce some ideas off, off of someone that uh, that you grew up with, obviously him being your dad, but also now you can talk about stuff on the court where you're not just giving a phone call and maybe asking questions where it's like halftime, maybe you're going, hey, how do we attack this player? How do we maybe make a slight tweak, you know, that maybe he saw something in which maybe you didn't see or some of your other assistancy yeah it, it's great having him there um he, he's my sounding board he's 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 a guy i can go to and also with our staff we all have different ideas and i don't want a bunch of yes men i want someone that has a different viewpoint that's going to you know challenge uh maybe myself or another coach and because that's going to make the program better it's going to make the team better it's going to make the kids better and so uh being around my dad um i love it i love every second of it um you know the 
uh, hockey coach Dave Benson. He says, "Hey, enjoy. Don't take it for granted." Uh, you know, my dad just turned 73 uh, a couple of days ago, so I'm, I'm going to enjoy the heck out of it. I know uh, he loves he loves it. Um, I have the best scout because he'll sit at home and um, he'll watch three or four games a day. He'll come to practice and he'll he'll um, kind of throw down the yellow notepad <laughs> and say, "Here are the notes. Here's what you need to work on." Or, "Hey, we need to do this." And then there'll be a disagreement, and I'll say, "Dad, I already got something typed up for today." And he goes, "No, I want this in." And it's like I don't have time, so <laughs> it's fun. So I always tell him, "You got to give me 24-hour notice before I put something in." So, <laughs> Tom Kirchhoff, your senior, maybe the secret formula here for this Mustang team over the past couple years. Uh, Tom, thank you very much for your time. Best of luck throughout the season. We'll see you at a gym, I'm sure, within the next couple weeks. Okay. I appreciate it, Chase. Thanks for having me on, and thanks for all the coverage. And Tom Kirchhoffner again with us was Fargo Cheyenne, a boys basketball head coach. They start the season on Friday at Mandan, as Tom was saying, then Tuesday at Grand Forks with River uh, coming up in six days, their first home game against Grand Forks Central on December the 12th.